green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number three of Green and Growing. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Dave Baker comes up at 9 o'clock in the Home Fix-It show. First day of spring, in case you're just joining us. 5.37 this morning, maybe while you were sleeping. So waking up and it's really chilly. It's going to warm up just a bit, a little more maybe tomorrow. But I always say that. It's a good weekend to get out and do some yard work. And we've heard from a few folks that are going to be very busy this weekend. And if you've got something that you are wondering about or questions, 404 Eight seven two zero seven fifty coming along at eight thirty. Pike Nurseries. We're going to talk about shade plants. That's something that is relevant to a lot of us who love our trees and our landscape. Uh, when you have a shady yard or garden, sometimes figuring out what to plant can be a little difficult. So they'll have an entire list of plants that do really well in partial shade, even in full shade. And all of that kind of thing. So that way, when you go into the nursery, you know right where to go and right what you're looking for. And if you miss any parts of the show, I particularly loved, I mean, I always love talking to Walter Reeves at 6.30 every Saturday morning for Walter Wonders. But today was a lot of fun, us talking about um, vegetables and fruits and really what crops to be growing for smaller spaces. So once the show's over, give Jason, our producer, a little bit of time. But when you go on wsbradio.com and click on On Demand, there you can listen back to each hour of the show. So if you knew it was something in that 6 o'clock hour that you wanted to listen back to, that is a way to do it. Uh, Commercial-free, I think you listen to like one commercial right at the beginning, and then you can listen to each hour of the show. That is really going to be very beneficial, a great conversation from Uh, Walter and I this morning at 630 about gardening in smaller spaces and on Spotify and on Google Play as well. So I promised Jan and Milledgeville some pre-emergence brands and ideas for Centipede Lawn. And it's it is very specific which ones you need to use um, for centipedes. Centipedes just a little bit different. And of course, though, with any pre-emergence herbicide that you're going to be using to prevent weeds, You definitely want to space it out, at least give it, I mean, 90 days is probably safe until you, from the time you use a pre-emergence herbicide to a time when you may need to seed. And that same thing goes for centipede as well, if if some of you are going to overseed for that. So a couple of brands that I found reading the labels, Jan Scott's, Halt's, uh, Crabgrass and Grassy Weed Preventer, Halt's, H-A-L-T-S, and also another one that's really good that uh, Clint Waltz has been on the show, turf grass expert uh, from the University of Georgia, Ortho Weed Be Gone for Southern Lawns. That's another one that is safe on Centipede as well. So Ortho and Scott's just two ideas for you there, Jan. 404-872-0750. Speaking of Centipede Lawn, Tommy in Decatur. Hey, good morning. Good morning, happy new year, and happy spring. Abby. You know, it is a new year. Doesn't it feel like it, Tommy? It really does. Uh, it's like, let's start over. Let's just get this going. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was on hold. I caught part of what you were just saying. Uh-huh. Uh, there was another product also. Um, it used to be called Bear Advanced. I think they've changed the name to Bio Advanced now. Yeah. It's in the blue, bo- blue bottle. Uh-huh. Uh, they got one called Season Long Weed Control, and it's, uh, you know, a post-emergent and a pre-emergent. Oh, I like that. And we're okay to do that on Centipede? Yeah, it's, um, 
It's in the directions here. I got it on the. La- I wrote it on the label here. It's like point eight ounces per gallon for centipede in a sprayer. Wow! Look at you reading the label while you're on the radio. That's fantastic. That is some talent. Because I do the same thing. Like I, I Google these labels and kind of read the label just to be very, very specific. So I'm really glad you're doing that. So season long weed control by BioAdvance. That's another good one. Yeah. I, well, I, I didn't read the label. What I do is I take a marker and I got a little cheater, little cheater uh, stuff I wrote on it. Oh, good. Now, so <laughs> you obviously have centipede lawn. Oh yeah, yeah. We've talked before. Yeah, you know, I have. I have a little project across the street from me, a green space I was working on, and I just I'll t- I'll try to be brief with it. Um, I was working on it anyway. We have contractors that came in, and of course there was a little patch of centipede I'd been playing with for years, and I think the second time they came in, they came in off another job. You could see the stuff falling off the mower when they took them off the uh, trailers there. Right. And of course that area is just. They've got about 10 different kind of weeds out in that patch right now. Uh, so, you know. Uh, which of us don't? I mean, like, yeah. there is no shortage of... I try to do, on, on the Facebook page, I try to do a weed of the week. And, I mean, <laughs> that whole idea went dormant all winter long. And literally, like, three weeks ago, I'm like, oh, time to start posting pictures of weeds again. And I'm like, I've already got maybe five ahead on my camera roll on my phone. And I'm like... Monday only happens once a week, and I've got more weeds than I do days to to introduce a new weed to everybody. So you're absolutely right. Now, how are you most successful with keeping the weeds out? I mean, do you just stay very diligent about using a post-emergent and spraying as you see them, or are you a twice-a-year pre-emergent kind of guy? Excellent question. You've got to just be, I mean, you've got to be on on that centipede. I don't know how big of an area the lady has. but one is I always bag. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know. And even with that, you got to do your mower maintenance. I actually um, rinse, you know, flip my mower over and rinse the deck off. Or just push mower, you know, rinse the deck off and all of that. Um, years ago, I read an article in Popular Mechanics, and you actually take the blade off. You can sand the deck and then spray automotive undercoating under there, hmm. and that makes it a lot easier to clean it. So I, you know, I did that with my mower. Wow. Um, now, the other thing is um, there's a concrete reinforcement. It's not rebar. It's smaller. It, it's a mesh. It looks almost, it's a little bit bigger than a coat hanger. I actually take a little piece of that, Ashley, bend it, put a little piece of duct tape on one end to make a handle, take a grinder or a file, and I make a little pick. Mm-hmm. And I'll go out, the little small weeds, just go out and pop those out. You know, Walter had an old saying, the best fertilizer is the gardener's shadow. That's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> and so I just walk in and, you know, I see little small weeds. I'm I'm pulling up Harry Buildercrest already. That you know? that's easy to I mean, I love when when the soil's a little damp, you know, and we've had some rain in the last three, four, five days. That is easy just to pull up that entire thing and roots and exactly. all you get it by the handful, yeah. Yeah, and, and on the dandelions, I mean this stuff will weaken them. You know, I've shot them and gone back, and, you know, you'll see them. They'll come back. They're up, and they're smaller. Mm-hmm. But eventually I'll just go ahead and take, uh, you know, that old snake tongue thing, the weeder, and go in there, and I pull them up uh, with roots on them over over eight inches long before. Isn't That's the easiest thing with those because they'll keep, they're hard to get rid of. Yeah, and, I mean, right. you've got to get that whole long root, and it, it really is rewarding once you get that whole six to eight-inch thing out of the ground. You're like, look at that. <laughs> that, yep. that one's not coming back. Yep. yep. <laughs> now, is it possible for you to take a picture of your little contraption and send it to me somehow? 
yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like that literally has three pieces. The thing that you've made. Say again. It ha- it's it has three components: the duct tape, the coat hanger. Well, yeah, the um, the coat hanger is a little weak. You can, I mean, I've got a bunch of little things, like even the little rod from like a caulking gun. Yeah. I broke one of those one time, and I just kept that little metal rod there. You know, it's already got a little bend on it. Right. And, you know, you can just take a grinder or a file and, you know, just put a good point on it. And it's, you know, it's real good to get to those bigger weeds. That you know, is so cool, Tommy. And you're not, like, breaking your back doing, you know, doing weeding. I mean, once yeah. I get down there on my knees, I'm down for an hour picking weeds by hand, and then I'm so sore I can barely get up. Well, even those little that little fork weeder, I've actually worn those down to where that point's almost gone. You know. Wow! Look at you. I I love it when you when you educate me about what you're doing out there because you you've tried a lot, you've done a lot. So you, I love just even when you say what worked, what didn't. You know. Hey. All yeah, right. and I will say also yeah. on a lot of those chemicals. You know, they say they're rainproof in like six hours or thirty minutes or whatever. I always try to shoot for a day when you're not going to have rain for like 24 hours. That mm-hmm. is, for me, that's always just been the best result. So, you know, the other stuff I heard you mention, the ortho, um, you know, almost all the broadleafs, if you read down on the directions, they'll tell you if they're good or not for centipede. Yeah. But the same thing, I always try to shoot for a full day with no rain. Yeah, I agree. And some some granules, too, they recommend that maybe you do wet the lawn just a little bit before you apply them um, so that it can take a little bit better. That's probably more on like the um, the grassy or the uh, the broadleaf weeds. That way that chemical sticks to those leaves and really does its job. So, yeah, just be mindful again, like Tommy said, read the label because it really gives you directions whether or not to mow before you do it whether or not to wet the grass before you do it and all that. But, yes, for something that's working its way down into the soil and stuff, you don't want it to get washed away with a, a rain that night after you've applied it, sure. So, well, Tommy, I'm glad you called, man. You've made my day. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Good talking to you. You too. I'm going to put you on hold. I know you're probably ready to go, but I want you to talk to John because I want to see a picture of that tool. So, Tommy, I want you to email me a picture of that tool that you got. Um, that's going to be really cool. And if you don't mind, I'll share it on the Green and Growing Facebook page, and others can can make their own. I think that's so cool. 404-872-0750. Time to take a break. We're going to check traffic and weather. Be back with the three things you need to be doing in the lawn this weekend. And then Pike Nursery comes up at 830 here on WSB. You're listening in closely for the weather today because it's cold. If you're having your coffee outside, don't forget your jacket. In the low 40s, but it'll heat up to the mid-50s, mostly sunny today. Partly cloudy tomorrow, a little warmer. High around 63, low around 45. Green and Growing growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Three things from me and then one thing from my friend Norm Mitleider about azaleas in just a minute. But my top three, number one, get rows and beds ready for warm season vegetables. You're going to wait to plant those till the second or third week of April. you got to listen to Kirk Mellish before you do it. Number two, play, pay close attention to your indoor seedlings. Make sure you're giving them the water they need. And since you've already sown some of them... Use a fan to prevent damping off. That blowing on them is so important. And number three, hostas can be dug up, split, and divided for transplanting. Right now, get out there and do that work. Your fingers through the soil, split those up, or share them with others. So here's some advice from Norm. 
back on green and growing. One of my guest experts. So many contribute to the show. I couldn't do it without their help. Norm Mitleider, he's been on the show before, a certified aesthetic pruner who lives right here in Atlanta. Welcome back, Norm. Glad to be back. So you have some tips for folks about rejuvenating maybe some of their azalea shrubs. We're waiting on those to open in the spring, and they've already set some buds. What's your best advice to make them look great this upcoming spring? If the plants are of moderate size and you just want to take a little bit off of them to get them back down to a more manageable size, you can certainly wait until after they have bloomed to do any reduction and thinning. Uh, But if you really want to rejuvenate them because they've just gotten way too big, now would be an excellent time to be doing that before they bloom because you don't want the plant to expend all that energy putting on the bloom and then having to put out more energy trying to regrow after a severe cutback. So for the health of the azalea, it's very important as far as timing is when you do your rejuvenating pruning. And what would that entail? If you're going to be dramatically trimming them back, that means taking a five or six foot tall plant and trimming it back to two or three feet because azaleas will send out shoots anywhere along a stem. You don't necessarily have to trim them to a growth point. You can take them down to basically sticks, you know, to a little bit below where you really want the plant to be because you need to let it grow up to that height. So a lot of people will have the tendency, well, I only want it three or four feet tall, and that's where they cut it. But then you're not giving it any allowance to grow and look nice. So you're going to have a lot of thick ends up at the edge of your plant when you really want your finer growth there. So if you're going to trim it down to where your max height eventually is four feet, trim it down to three feet so that it can grow up that foot and look nice. And refreshing those larger azaleas, that can be done now, but what's going to be the consequence come springtime? Well, there definitely will not be any blooms, but you know, it's either too large of a plant or no blooms. And if you really need to cut them back, then you have to forego the blooms. And do we still follow a a regular fertilization regimen in the spring? Yes fertilize as necessary. All right, Norm, thank you so much. Azalea is such a Southern favorite. Almost everyone has one in their landscape. Appreciate the help. My pleasure. Great advice, too. We had a couple of calls earlier this morning about azaleas, and then those folks dropped off. So, Norm, thank you so much. All right, coming up, uh, Naomi and Cumming wants advice for a full shade area. And, boy, we're going to talk to her because Pike Nursery talking about everything shade plants coming up in less than 10 minutes. Stick around on WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, the show has just 
flown by this morning. Been on the air since 6 a.m. here for you on your Saturday morning every single weekend, 6 to 9. Uh, look up the show's Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, on Facebook. Like it, give it a follow. Like I told a caller earlier, every Monday I try to do Weed of the Week. And a lot of you are seeing a lot of weeds, so I can only do one a week, but trying to identify what you got how to treat it, how to prevent it, all that kind of thing. Also, Highway Horticulture. I did that album last year, and there's not really a whole lot of additions that I've made yet this year, but this is the time of year that inspired me to do Highway Horticulture because you see all these trees blooming. I mean, they're pink, they're white, they're dark pink, they're purple, and you don't know what those trees are. So I've got pictures of all of the trees you're seeing right now in that photo album as well, and I'm identifying them for you. So it's a great time of year. Happy to be here. Pike Nurseries comes along in just a moment. Allison Smith from the East Cobb store. But first, I wanted to take a call. 404-872-0750. Naoma incoming. Good morning. Good morning. Did I say your name right? I hope so. Yes, this time you did. Beautiful. Yeah, I said <laughs> Naomi before, and I'm like, wait, there's no I there. I mean, so John spelled it right. Props to John for getting your name right. And I'm sorry I got it wrong the Thank first you. time. But yeah, you've got a great question. Yes, I have um, an area that's right beside my sidewalk coming into the house. And it's mostly, I say, 95% shade. And I'm having trouble finding flowers to or something with color to go there. The ground is, is a little hard, and I, I'm just tired of having impatience all the time. <laughs> right. We love them, but, yeah, I mean, you want a little variety. So that's good to know. What you're looking for mostly is color, right? Something with a pop of color that's in that shade area. That will, yeah, that can, yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. I'm going to bring in Allison now from Pike. And Allison, the timing on this is just perfect with her call and what we're talking about today with shade plants. So uh, let her rip. What do you think? Good morning, Naoma. I'm a shade gardener too. So this is a challenge that I'm very familiar with, as are many of our clients. Bringing color into those full shade areas um, can really be a challenge, but I've got great news for you. Um, beyond impatience, which we all know and love, we have some great options. And I'm going to start with some perennials, which are items that come back every year, and some of them even stay evergreen throughout the year. One oh, of my really? favorites, Naoma, That's yes. One of my favorites is heuchera. It's also known as coral bells. These are big, lush, leafy plants that produce really tall stems with little bitty bell-like flowers. The beauty of them, though, is there's a variety of colors in that foliage, mm -hmm. everything from fire alarm red to deep purples with little pink specks, chartreuse, peach flambe, a lot of bright color, and the beauty of this plant is that it stays, that foliage stays evergreen year-round. We love <gasps> No <Eucharist>. way. <laughs> it's amazing. I knew y'all were meant for each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so to add in color, there's bells. hellebore that blooms all winter, and its leaves stay evergreen. And then you can always add texture with a variety of ferns, like autumn ferns, tassel mm -hmm. ferns. A lot of great options to keep that area lush year-round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I already have ferns. Uh, I okay. Have some, I have three different ferns growing over there. Great. 
And one of them is, I'm calling it an heirloom fern because I got it from my mother's yard. I love that. I love so, it. It's spreading and it's growing. And my mom's been passed away for the last three years. So all of the stuff I got from her garden is flourishing. Mm. Oh, I love that. Well, you definitely are a, a talented shade gardener to keep those things flourishing. You can also try for some little pops of annual color, green leaf begonias. They take shade, and you can get the blooms in white, red, and pink. You want to stick with the green leaf begonias because those are going to perform better in less sunlight. And it sounds like you've got a little bit of sunshine going on there, so that'll help keep those blooms going throughout the summer. So, Allison, I love your idea for her of perennials, like once and done. You know, I mean, you get to enjoy them every year. Um, Let's talk about some of the annuals, too. I mean, the color in the nursery right now with the flowering annuals that love partial shade. Oh, my gosh, so many options. So many options. We've spoken about begonias. They also come in a bronze leaf um, color, and those will take a little bit more sun. So for gardeners who have a lot of morning sun and then afternoon shade, those do great. Um, And in addition to the impatience we all know about, one of my favorites is a New Guinea impatient. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with your sun gardener friends who have sun patients in their yard, this is the shade gardener's sun patient. It's got big, rich green leaves and huge bright blooms, everything from soft pink clear white to bright reds and electric oranges, even some lavenders and fuchsias in there. It's one of my favorites. Um, And then for added texture and contrast, coleus is a fantastic plant. It grows wonderfully and easily in that partial shade, and it it provides bright colors like chartreuse and fuchsias, and then deep red wine colors in its foliage. It's not a blooming annual, Mm -hmm. but it really accents some of the flowers that you can get in your shade garden. So say we're not much of a gardener, and we do have a yard that we just, you know, haven't kept up with, and we do have a lot of shade, some good ideas for ground cover. Again, something low maintenance that'll do well in shade. Oh, I love this. One of my favorites for the shade is uh, Asiatic Jasmine. It's called Snow in Summer. Hmm. And the new growth comes out with a pink and a white foliage. And then as it matures, it goes to white and green foliage and then green. And it is so durable and so happy in the shade. Most people know about Creeping Jenny, which is that bright chartreuse. And we love anything bright that uh, that will add to our shade containers and yard. And then Carrick's ornamental grasses is also great. Gives you a wispy look. They come in variegated greens and whites, some bright chartreuse. Just gives you some nice texture and height there. And how tall um, how tall does that get? Gets about it can get six to ten inches tall. Okay. I love it for containers, but also little walkways or underneath some trees. It's great. Okay. Yeah. These are great suggestions. And tell uh, Naoma, just because we you were so helpful with her with your suggestions, where's the store closest to coming? 
Oh, Naoma, we've got a great store up off Bethelview Road. Uh, You can access it easily off exit 13 on 400. And the team there is fantastic, and they've got a variety of all these plants. Look at you knowing your exit numbers, too. That's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) The traffic reporter in me pats you on the back. Good job. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, one more thing. Since it is the first day of spring, Allison, y'all are doing a giveaway on Instagram for those of, you know, those of us that follow you on Instagram. Oh, we are. Happy spring to everyone. We're so excited here at Pike uh, that it is officially here and we are ready. If you follow us on Instagram at Pike Nurseries, you can win a $50 gift card this weekend. We're giving away three winners and all you have to do is find and like the post about the giveaway comment on the post, maybe say what you're most looking forward to planting this spring or what you're so excited to finally have available, and then tag three friends. And by Sunday, the, the giveaway goes through Sunday, the 21st, tomorrow, and three winners will be selected randomly on Monday. That's cool. I love a giveaway. $50 gift card, a chance for you to win one from Pike Nurseries. That's excellent. Define the locations. How do we do it? Go to pikenursery.com. Our locations are listed there, and you can find the closest one to you. We are all here and excited for spring. Looking forward to everyone coming in. Thank you very much, Allison. That was super cool that you helped Naoma. And I'm going to this list that you and I kind of put together with Brittany's help is so great for some of these pops of color. Like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be something flowering. It could really be the the foliage that's colorful. So I'm going to put that up on the Facebook page because these plant suggestions are top notch. Yes, there's so many. Go into your closest Pike Nursery this weekend. Ask any of our uh, associates for help with shade gardening. We're passionate about it, and we're happy to show you all the things. All right. Thanks, Allison. Have a great weekend, and happy spring. Thanks, Ashley. Take care. I love it. That's that's really a good one, folks. Shade gardening. I mean, that's applicable to most of us in Georgia, given the tall trees and, and the tree canopy we have, which we love so much here in the South. All right. Up first, going to Gwinnett County. Good morning to Steve in Buford. Hey. Yes, hey, thank you uh-huh. so much. Real quickly, I have two uh, tea olives. Mm-hmm. My mom loved those things, but they were thirty. They're thirty-five, forty foot high, Whoa. and they're getting ready where they're getting ready to go over the um, roof line in the back. The warm water uh, weather kind of caught me by surprise. Is it too late to cut them back on the top? Because I really need to lower them to get them off the roof line. I would actually wait until they finish the spring bloom, um, and then is a good time to do it. They'll tolerate, you know, I mean, the summer heat just fine. If you're needing to prune in the next month or two, that's going to be the perfect time to do it. And just always, Steve, you know this, I'm sure, from pruning other things, but I just always advise folks, sharp, sharp loppers, pruners, whatever, so you don't do any damage to it. But my gosh, I have one that's only four feet high. That's incredible. Yours have gone for a long time. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. I, I don't um, know if I want mine getting that tall, but I didn't realize it'd get that big. They they got over, and now they come over, over in the bedroom, and, of course, you can smell those things all around the, the neighborhood. That's a good one to have the window open. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so just wait just a little bit longer until all the blooms are done, and then I would do the heavy pruning then. Okay. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. What a wonderful plant. And I love that your mom loved them. And that's just something you were familiar with. And that was a go-to for you. How sweet. All right. Up next, we've got about a minute. Diane and Brazelton. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Ashley? Great. What's going on? 
Good. Well, uh, my ham and cheese quiche is going to be ready in a few minutes. You can uh, come on by. I'm, I'm going to be there at 912. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I uh, planted, um, well, for years I've had an airplane plant in this huge pot, and I inadvertently left it out over the wintertime, and the foliage died. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to clean out the pot, and I've got all these roots. Well, uh, if I keep them in that pot, will the airplane plants come back? So we're talking about like the spider plant, the one that gives off yes. the babies that hang off of it? Correct. So are the roots for the mom plant still viable? They're good? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to be fine if you feel the need to repot it and even just to, to gamble and take your chances in case something does happen to the mom plant, which I think they're they're pretty sturdy. A little browning isn't uncommon, um, so hopefully maybe some of it's not associated with the cold, but just... To, to gamble, make sure you're safe. Go ahead and set up a second pot right next to the mother plant and let one of those spiderlets, I think they call, let one of those root in soil. You can root them in water too, but soil's going to take a little bit better. Let one of those set roots in some soil. It may take a little bit, keep that watered a little more than the mother plant. And then that way we'll have two viable plants just in case something's wrong with the mom. But I think it's okay, Diane. I mean, just cut away the stuff that's brown and no need to worry there. All right, I'll see you for breakfast in 20 minutes. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right, we'll be right back. Got to step out, check traffic and weather on WSB. Ready to take on the day. I hope you are as well. Happy first day of spring. We are about three and a half hours in, so enjoy it, folks. It's been a long time coming. Finley Roofing sponsors the weather update today. Mostly sunny. It's going to be chilly, though. Highs only reaching in the mid-50s. Tomorrow, partly cloudy to mostly cloudy skies. Highs in the low 60s and lows around the mid-40s. So no need to cause any panic for your plants bringing things in or whatever maybe just shield them if today gets a little windy maybe just put some things closer to the house all right we have just a couple of minutes left to talk to mary in athens hey welcome to the show hey good morning hey. happy spring yes you too indeed <laughs> so- um i have i just moved into a townhouse last year and um so i've gone from a half an acre yard to a very tiny patch of grass it's in the front and it's only about 20 feet by three feet Mm -hmm. and it had the centipede grass and um so what happened was it was kind of overtaken by moss and Uh the mimosa weed so when i pulled out all the mimosa weed by hand then i was just kind of left with a very sparse just you can just kind of see the trails of the centipede grass it's very sparse, and so it really has not, you know, rejuvenated or anything like over the winter. And I just wondered if I ought to just take it all up and seed it again because my neighbors have, you know, pretty healthy stands of it. You know, what, what, what troubles me about what you said, though, Mary, is moss. So moss-like shady environments, if you have moss growing in that area, centipede may not be the best lawn for that area. It's got a get a lot of sun. If you were to try it again, sodding for it, maybe April, May, June are the perfect months to do centipede sod, but really get a good evaluation of your sun in that area since you're kind of new and you want to go through all four seasons, see kind of what your sun capabilities are there. I might consider another grass um, just because centipede, like I said, is really going to want full, full sun and it's a little more work too. So call back if I didn't get to capture all of that with you. I'm sorry for the time, but we got to go. 
I love what Mary said. Happy spring. I'm going to be sending you all greeting cards that say that because it's a great first day of spring. I appreciate you being here. I'll be back with you next Saturday on Green and Growing. Have a good weekend. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.